Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, lie by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. And six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. Tom Brady thinks he's playing in the Colorado-Missouri game in 1990. Fourth down and five. Brady passes. Broken. Incomplete. And the Chicago Bears are going to take over. DeAndre Houston Carson was there for Chicago. Brady, I think he, the way Brady reacted and hold up his fourth, I think he thought it was third down. And Brady's still standing out there. But that's fourth down, and it's Chicago's ball. And that's the end of the night, and there may be some confusion out on the field. And Brady's finally being told that's it. You know he knows Chuck Pagano. His defense stepped up and made a stop at the end of the night. And Nick Foles is on the winning end of his matchup with Tom Brady yet again. Yeah, it looks like Brady lost the down. He was thinking it was third down. That can happen when you clock the ball. They didn't clock it, though. Okay, they did not clock the ball. So Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. My reference to Colorado-Missouri was the game in 1990 where Colorado scored on fifth down. All right, let's bring in Sweeney Murdy, WFAN in New York. Covered the Yankees for decades. Old friend, it is great to have you back with us. My best to your family. I think you just had a birthday in the family for one of your youngsters, so great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Yeah, we... Um... I, and it's funny. I knew you in 1992, so um, that was uh, that was that was. Uh, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But yes, no. my uh, my daughter just turned nine. My son just turned seven. Awesome. Um, it's um, yeah, and I just turned fifty not too long ago. So there you go. <laughs> and still covering the Yankees brilliantly, I might add. So let's get to this team. Now I know he's not getting 36 million this year because everything's prorated. But the $36 million arm is going out there tonight. This is why they brought him in. When you've watched Garrett Cole pitch, what kind of mastery have you seen out there? I just love his mentality. And I, I remember this is what CeCe Sabathia brought when he came here in 2009. He knew he got a lot of money to go out there and take the ball even more than when he was supposed to and win the games he was supposed to. Um 
and it's like it's this portion of the contract in your prime first few years that that you really pay off here. You know, as you get older, we all know what happens. But this is you know this is the kind of game the Yankees wanted Garrett Cole to pitch this year. Uh, unfortunately, it's on three days rest, which he's never done before. That's so right. I'm curious to see how he responds to this. What's working? How much is his fastball going where it's supposed to? Is it down a tick or is it the same? Is he maybe compensating, overthrowing it? Maybe getting a little bit extra MPH, but maybe missing a little in spots. What's it doing to his breaking ball? I, I don't know how all that responds to him, but my, my gut kind of tells me that if it's working well enough, you see him two times through the order, and then you start maneuvering. So if you can get four-plus or five innings out of this guy tonight, I think he will have done what he's supposed to. And hopefully, for the Yankees' sake, they get a couple of early runs and they can manage their bullpen the way they want rather than trying to chase to get the W. And uh, I'll slip in the State College Spikes guys. Tyler Glass now goes for Tampa Bay tonight, pitching the Spikes. And Luke Voigt. Hey, uh, Luke Voigt is a former State College Spike, too. Yes, yes, he is. He was here as a catcher and a first baseman, and you could see he had it. And he led what he led the league in home runs this year. What did it do for? Sometimes when a guy does what he is supposed to do, it gives everybody else a lift. Luke Voigt had not done much in the postseason. What did that home run early do? Actually, do you think for everybody else? Because now a guy that does that did it. Yeah, um, I think more than who it was. Last night, the, the more important part, Steve, was when it was. It happened yeah. early in the game. It got the Yankees a lead. Uh, and when you're, you know, you're playing with the no tomorrow, so to speak, you you really needed that early lead uh, to get you going. Um, Boyd has been pretty quiet this postseason. Um, every, you know, Giancarlo Stanton hasn't. So it's not like, uh, you know, they've gotten here because other guys have, have done a few things. Uh, I think it did a lot for him. He, you know, Boyd's the guy who. You know he's he's been in a couple of postseasons now, but he's still relatively um, young compared to some of the rest of the Yankees who played some of these postseason battles here. Um, and and I, you know I talked to him about it maybe a week ago before this series started, and you know he indicated that you know really what he's learned is that you can't get too down uh, after an at bat or two at bats. You know you really have to to push it aside because. You know, there's you're not playing the long game here. You're not talking about okay, I've got I'm bad this week. I've got four more months to make it up. You know, it's right. you've got to put it aside pretty quickly. And those are lessons that even for Voight were still pretty hard to learn. I mean, you go back to his days as a state college spike or anybody else in the card or anywhere else in the Cardinals minor league system. He's the guy that you know took his slumps and his strikeouts pretty hard. From the coaches I've talked to, you know, yes, I can tell you back to the dugout. Yeah, I can tell you he did. If he he's a perfectionist, yeah. Luke is a perfectionist, and uh, yeah. that's why you're right. He'd take it hard. And and that part you have to learn to get past you. There's this, you know, and um, I, I'm because you know he was what one for eleven or something like that. You know, the walks back to the dugout I think got a little long. Um, but it was huge for him just to be able to do that and get going into tonight. That's, that's all you need are guys to have confidence. You know who Giancarlo Stanton does because he's you know he's right. been mashing the ball. Gleyber Torres, Luke Voigt. 
both needed that last night. And, uh, you know, if, if early lead is all either of these guys are looking for because they both have plans, I'm sure, for how they want to roll their bullpen out if they have a lead. Yeah, no doubt. Next time you get a chance to talk to him, if you can remember, pass along my best to him because, I mean, great mm-hmm. guy to be around. Greg, terrific here, great guy to be around. I really enjoyed announcing his games. Uh, okay, so now let's get to the next part of this, the catching part of it. Uh, the casual fan will say, yeah, Gary Sanchez, that's not the case here. Uh, what has allowed Sanchez to find the bench in all of this uh, and how do the Yankees want to handle it tonight? He, he just hasn't been able to make enough contact, you know, and pretty important part of baseball and you, know, you can as I, yeah. I told you about the long game you can play the long game with gary sanchez while he's slumping in a regular season and now you can't and you know as, as i as we talk to yankee fans on our radio station or on social media it's like you know when gary sanchez i'll use a normal season as an example not the 60 game but when gary sanchez goes you know over four in may everybody wants to see him on the bench well the yankees aren't going to do that you know you, you play the long game here and i think the, the fear that everybody has is that it's you know when it comes to the important game that Management isn't going to have the guts to put him on the bench. Well, we've seen what happened. What's happened over the course of these last few games? Kyle Agashioka has become the Yankees' number one catcher, um, and the Yankees can say all they want about being day to day and all that. But you know, day to day, Sanchez is nowhere to be found. Uh, reason's pretty easy. He's not hitting. Okay, if he was hitting, none of his issues, defensively or anything else, would be as big a deal. He'd be back there. Um, he hasn't been able to hit velocity for some reason. He just hasn't been able to catch up to it. Um, and Kyle Gashioka is doing everything he needs to do right now. He's an excellent yeah. defensive catcher. Um, and the thing about like he had a big hit last night. You know, he's the thing that guys like Gashioka, Austin Romine taught me this too. When you're batting at the bottom of the Yankees' batting order, you know you're going to get a pitch to hit probably one of the first two pitches because right. nobody wants to risk falling behind you, walking you, and turning it over from the top of the order and facing all those monsters again and giving a guy a free, a free base. You're going to get a fastball to put in play and try to hit it at somebody. And, you know, the Yankee catchers who bat in that bottom of the order that aren't guys like Gary Sanchez learn to figure out how to put the ball in play every once in a while. Uh, Higashioka did that last night, um, and he's an excellent defender. Um, I think we've seen that on display already a couple of times. Yeah, uh, no, no question about that. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know how you feel about analytics. I think it's extremely useful tool, but to me, it's a tool. I think if you yeah. if you if you do everything by gut feel and instinct, you're not going to succeed all the way through. If you do everything by analytics, you're not going to succeed and get through. I think it's an important tool to help you then Correct. manage with gut, yeah. gut and instinct. That's how I view it. That's why I find it interesting the two games. In this series, where an opener was used, neither team won. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's a lot more goes into that. Part of it is buying in. You know, one thing the Rays are, are really good at is is how they bought into this, and maybe it's because they had an entire season to to deal with it and get through a season and see how successful it can be. Jay Happ, for you know, uh, it just didn't seem like he was. As much as he accepted that he had to do that, you know, he didn't seem to display the confidence that it was going to work. That's um, right. 
Yeah, and he didn't, and he didn't sit and pitch well. You know, he, listen, last night the Yankees rolled out everybody behind Jordan Montgomery. The plan works great when guys get people out. You know, Chad Green, Zach Britton, they rolled as Chapman. One, two, three. They didn't give up a, a single hit over the last five innings. You know, plans run awry when the guys give up hits. And, you know, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm still not sure why Davey Garcia wasn't allowed to go further through uh, game number two, especially considering that he has an outstanding changeup that's effective against left-handers. And when you have that many left-handers in the lineup, you should not be afraid of them because of Garcia and his changeup. Um, I would hate to think, I mentioned this earlier on, on our station, Steve, uh, I would hate to think that the Yankees could play 45 innings of baseball and Davey Garcia would only pitch in one of them. There yeah. has to be a way, you know, depending how far Cole goes tonight, that he sees some action tonight. Because um, he's, you know, at... You know, and if if he win, then he might be in line to start on Sunday, um, depending on usage and all that stuff. But I um, I would really like to think that he's got to have some important outs to get you tonight. How concerning would it be for the Yankees if Tampa Bay lines it up, Glasnow goes six, and they go to their bullpen, especially Anderson? Their bullpen is absolutely something. Like, if they've got a lead... I, I don't know if Glassnow can go six. I mean, you know, two days rest up to 93 pitches. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at, you know, I don't know what I'm looking at, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's more than two, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, you know, they've got Snell, who the Yankees have had, you know, some success against. Um, but, yeah, I, I think between Fairbanks, Anderson, and Castillo, those, none of them pitched last night. Those are three guys that can get you pretty far if you get to a point with a lead through, say, I don't know, four innings. Um, So I'm, um, yeah, it's it's a concern. It's a pretty big concern to answer the question you asked because those are three guys that I think can lock something down if you're in a position to do it midway through the game. What do you think of Aaron Boone, the job he's done? He's a, he's a good manager, you know, and I, I think a lot of it is you tend to, like going back to game two, people tend to blame Aaron Boone. Well, this is, you know, this is, baseball in 2020 is not authoritarian. Um, it is a, a, a team effort here. Front office, analytics, coaches, and there's a plan that's in place that, um, you know, you kind of, uh, it's collaborative effort. And for those of you who are who want to go back to the old-fashioned ways, let me just listen. I'm I'm 50 years old, okay, so I have a little bit of an old-fashioned bent to me, Steve. But I will tell you this: I, I talk to a lot of people around the game who understand the collaborative part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, the idea is this: this isn't just a game or a baseball team you're managing. You you're in charge of a multi-billion dollar corporation. Let's be honest, yes. okay? Professional sports is a business and a professional baseball team is worth millions and in some cases billions of dollars. So am I really going to tell one guy that he can do whatever he wants to for the three hours of, those, of that game? You wouldn't run any business that way. Um, and I think that's, you know, maybe there are people listening who are rolling their eyes and telling you that I'm nuts, but that's the reality of what you are asking a manager to do. And for that reason, I think it's actually a good idea to have some checks and balances, but I can understand when you think somebody leans too far one way or the other, as far as 
information or gut feel or whatever. But I don't, I don't want my, I don't want my the manager of my team just telling me my gut told me to do that. I want him to explain to me why he did something. Aaron Boone is good at explaining to you why something happened. It doesn't mean it had to work, Steve. Um, If he gives you all the reasons of, okay, if this happened, this happened, this happened, then we would have done this. There there are reasons for it. You know, and as I said, unfortunately, the plan doesn't work if your pitchers don't get guys out. That's (laughs) That's kind of what happens. One last question. Uh, I, I look at the immense talent of an Aaron Judge, and everyone sees the power. I see the power in a guy that's a really, really good defensive player. Arm, angles, everything. What's it like to cover him on an everyday basis? I think he's a phenomenal talent. You're right. And he's a tremendous baseball player. He is not just a slugger. I remember, yeah. you know, the first spring training where he, you know, he was still a minor league guy. So I guess it was probably 2016. I, I make a habit of going over to see the other teams in spring training games and see, talk to players or coaches that I know or whatever. And every time the Yankees would come up for batting practice, the other teams on the field, I I can count probably four different times that spring where I'd be on the field with my back turned to the Yankees and the the person I'm talking to says, Who is that? And you know, after a while you turn around and you see, you know, it's it's six seven, two hundred and whatever, you know, fifty pound linebacker. I, I didn't have to turn around after the second or third time because I knew they were talking about Aaron Judge. Um, he catches your attention right away. Uh, he's a tremendous baseball player. I just really wish there was a way um, to keep him healthy and on the field. Uh, I've heard fans describe him as soft, but if you think about the cracked rib that he was put on the injured list with, uh, or, or you know, got him a slow start in the spring, he had that injury last fall, worked out with it all winter long, reported to spring training, finally said hmm, something's not right. Okay, that's six months with a cracked rib, Steve. That's not yeah. soft. That's the exact yeah. opposite of yeah. soft. Okay, he gets injuries because he plays hard and he's got a body built more for football or basketball than he does for baseball. That's a different argument. I don't know that there's a way to keep him on the field for 155 games. I really don't. Um, you might be better off trying to get him on the field for 130 and uh, maximizing that talent because his body might just might not be able to take the rigors of 162. Um, hardly anybody is anymore. So um, I would really like to figure out how to see him play 130 games for the next five years because we've seen the talent, but you know, I, I think he really takes his place in this game if he's able to do it consistently for a few years, and that's staying on the field. Sweeney, it's always a pleasure. Anytime I get ch- the chance uh, to spend any time with you, I cherish it. Thank you so much. Steve, it's my pleasure. Uh, love catching up with you. Uh, glad I got a chance to see you last fall. And yep. uh, maybe one of these days again I will. Yeah, Absolutely. I look forward to it very much. Thank you, my friend. You bet, Steve. Thanks for having me. Sweeney Murray, WFAN in New York, covers the Yankees on a daily basis and has done so for a long time. That was the make the uh, make Matt happy segment. Notice all the positive questions I ask. Yes, yes. Anytime I get information from Sweeney, it's always positive. Because yeah, he's knows, one of the best. You know, it's, you know, I could have asked negative questions. I could have done it like the corner office guy would do it, but I didn't. Because, I mean, we need you positive for the pick'em segment. 
anytime you do the pick'em segment and you're bitter, it's just it's uh, you know. I'm just counting the minutes to five o'clock when that happens. All right, so <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our great friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Stock up for the weekend right now. Nice one-stop shopping. Imports, domestics, microbrews, they have the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, plenty of water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And not one, not two, three, four, or five, but six great flavors of slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. And now I will allow two Yankee fans to bond with one introducing the other. Game five tonight, King. Are you ready? I am ready. We are going to win. What up? <laughs> I told Steve I'm 80% confident for tonight. We'll see. I'm 95% confident. I like it. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just worried just about middle of the bullpen. That's all. Tampa, so whatever. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So I had a good week, and I've got my friend Dave from Esteem, I think, is listening. Esteem Manufacturing, one of the top machine houses in New England. Unbelievable shop. Um, he's even got computerized file cabinets for his tools. It's wow. amazing. I just sit there and my jaw drops. He's he's really, really done well. And it's a pleasure doing work with him. And it's a really, I have a dinosaur shop. <laughs> Everything's 40 <laughs> or 50 years old, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the computers are calculators. But, <laughs> and then... Out of nowhere, I get a phone call this week. Do you remember George, my roommate? Sure, of course I do. Yep, he called me. So we kind of hooked up. So I think George is out there listening. Pa, so 
only George and Josh know what paw means, but <laughs> you'd have to be there. But me and Georgie would have had a thank you plaque on the wall at Brewer's Outlet <laughs> if we lived in Sudbury. <laughs> Customer of the month. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, legends. <laughs> oh, in the big snowstorm of 78, uh, when they closed Connecticut, well, they closed a lot of places, but there was a huge blizzard, and it just closed the whole state down. And we were at college. We were only back at school. We were at Mitchell College in New London, which is right on the shore. And... We had only been back to school about three days after Christmas break, and we had the big blizzard. So me and George went out and shoveled driveways and then bought a keg and had the keg in our room and had a party for the whole week that the state was closed. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) At least you worked for it, though. (laughs) We had so much fun. I feel like humming, uh, humming memories. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for canoeing and sailing and camping and first aid, and I never would have made it out of Mitchell College. But those, <laughs> those classes brought my cum right up. And We actually had an English teacher who crossed her legs and fell right out the window. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's we had, terrific. We had a Western Civ teacher who, Mr. Mugi. He would spit on you when he talked. He never would have made it through the coronavirus. Uh, it was fun times. Mitchell College is still there. Mitchell College is now a four-year school. It used oh, great. to be a two-year school. Yeah. So, anyway, enough of me. What are you guys doing? Uh, they just point me toward whatever and talk. How's the football <laughs> team? I see you're ranked ninth in the country. Haven't played a game yet. That's good. That's the easy way to move up. <laughs> just sitting there. Do this every year, no injuries. <laughs> yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. They start two weeks from tomorrow. Um, I think I'm finding out Monday uh, whether we're allowed to travel or not. So we go from there. Whether you're allowed to travel or. Hmm. Yep. We either the, the choices are we're allowed to be there and do it. Or we have to do every game inside the Beaver Stadium um, uh, broadcast booth with monitors. Oh, so you'd have to announce it off the TV screen? Yes. Wow. Um, But, well, but, yeah, I think... But you're good at that. So, I mean, I'll just... Look, we had a long talk about it yesterday, and... um, uh, I'll find out on Monday, but uh, I I certainly made my points about why we should travel, and the points were not shut down. Uh, shut down, so we'll go from there. Yeah, but you're good at that, Matt. This is when we were kids. Oh, this is how we got into broadcasting. I, I did you the put, same thing too. Yeah, yeah. You, you announced the game off the TV screen, and right. he would do it off. Do you still have your tapes? No, I don't. Every Christmas he would get a new cassette player. Back in the day, all they had was little cassettes, and he had a little cassette tape. How about that? I was a color guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What'd you think of that, Kev? (laughs) Silence. (laughs) 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 He'd set me all up, and I'd be like, hey, uh, all right, whatever. 
but that's how he, and they always had Notre Dame on every Sunday morning with Lindsey yeah. Nelson, and then we'd turn the sound down, and Steve would announce the games, and then he'd play back the tapes and find his mistakes. So now look at this. Four, no, 40, 50 years later, you're right back where you started. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. Wow. And really, I'm sure a lot could be said for everybody else that, that's a play-by-play guy in some way, shape, or form. They're probably – that has been forced to be on the – calling the game on the monitors like Merrill for the Eagles and such is probably how they, you got started in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. And it just fa- it fascinates me. I, I think no matter what, you'll do a good job. So well, I appreciate that. But we'll find out on – on Monday, and then if we have to, if we have to travel, which is my preference, obviously. Yep. And by the way, we do know that we are you know, Indiana, Michigan, and Nebraska have already said that they would accommodate us, so we know that hurdle's been cleared. The only one yeah. that hasn't said the only one that hasn't said anything to us is Rutgers, and I'm not surprised being in New Jersey, but I, as I said in the meeting, I said. That that doesn't matter to me right now because that's the last road game in December, so we've got time to find out from them whether we can or not. So, see, like Connecticut has restrictions; you can't just fly into Connecticut. So, doesn't it depend on each state and what their restrictions are? Like Connecticut, well, Pennsylvania can. You're not on the list, but Connecticut's got like 38 states that are on a list. That you've got to take a COVID test before they'll let you leave the airport. So. I think uh, Indiana, we're okay. I know Nebraska, we are. Michigan, Indiana's no. open, aren't they? Or is it Illinois? Yeah, One of the, yeah, yeah, no, Indiana's completely open. open. Yeah, they're open. So. Nebraska's open. The one I wonder about would be Michigan, but you know, I just drive in under the cover of darkness. All right, so um, <laughs> I hope you don't get kidnapped. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wanted to kidnap the governor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Our governor's uh, got to be crapping in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll take a break. We'll come back with our picks in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. All right, so where do we stand on all this? Who's done what? Okay, so last week, King and I went four and two, and Steve went three and three. There you go. So I'm back in the lead as a lead dog, 16 and 11. Steve is 15 and 12. KJ, the king, 14 and 13. So still anybody's game all the way around. Well, I got to file a grievance. <laughs> What's that? I got COVID-19 on New England. New England would have won that game if, if uh, what's his name, what's the Cam Newton was playing. New England outplayed them. I got screwed. So... 
I, just I like want to file a grievance with the committee. Eh. Just like Tennessee. Goodbye. Well, let me put okay. it this way. <laughs> that meeting let, went well. Let, let me put it to you this way. I've done several games in my career where guys have been out because of illness, including a guy that missed six games this past year. That was the second leading scorer. You just, sorry, you got to play. I know. I could not believe it. I said, what? Cam Newton's got the virus? Now Gilmore's got the virus. Yeah. Patriots are playing on Monday again. Yes. Monday at 5. Cam Newton's going to play. Yeah, yeah. Cam's going to play, and the Cam's uh, playing. And, yeah, I <laughs> couldn't he play last week. Okay, all right, I got that off my chest. Okay, all right. Speaking of those stinking Titans, this is the Tuesday night football game at six. As Steve was about to mention, Buffalo at Tennessee. Steve, what do you got? Buffalo. I got Buffalo I don't care. too by a mile. I don't, I don't care if Buffalo would be 0-4. I'd do it out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, I got Buffalo by a mile in this one, King. I got Buffalo. All right. Giants at Dallas. Well, Steve, I know where you're going with this one. Here we go, Steve. Come on, you can do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, there was only one time I already I got my win for the year. Okay, now we're back to being me. I'm gonna pick the Giants, <laughs> even though they're gonna get crushed. They are gonna get killed by this team. I'm picking the Giants. <laughs> King, I think the opposite. I picked the Giants, and I think they're gonna win. Dallas stinks. Ooh, okay. Well, I know that. I know they stink. I know Dallas is not very good. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I don't. The Giants I, thing too. So it's going to be a great I game. To, I listened to Brad Sham the other day. Uh, he's the Cowboys play-by-play guy. In fact, I had a really great talk with with Brad when I did the Cotton Bowl. Boy, I tell you, Brad Brad was not a happy camper during that Browns game at all. I don't blame him. Uh, I, I mean, you got a new coach. Everyone blamed uh, what's his name? Uh, Jason Garrett. Yeah, they blamed him. Who now faces his former team as the offensive coordinator. But the players just don't play for him. Yeah. You know? Uh, Maybe their players aren't that good. <laughs> well, on paper, they're has anybody ever th- team. <laughs> has anybody ever thought of that possible scenario? Maybe yeah. their guys aren't really that good. Well, especially now with the Giants, as now he's the offensive coordinator. Well, now, I mean, I mean the, the Giants, I'm picking them because I'm back to my old standards. I'll lose, but I'm, at least I'll go down. I can't pick Dallas. I, I honestly, I could pick Dallas. I think the Giants are going to win the game. Hey, I hope you're both right, but I'm sticking with Dallas. Because I think they have more weapons that will win a high-scoring game because both defenses stink out loud. No, I know. Yeah, I mean the Giants only gave up seventeen to the Rams. And That's true. Un- unfortunately, the Giant offense 
they yeah. haven't even come close yet to what their best play is, and that's the kneel down. <laughs> the last play I watched with the Giants this year, and I got so disgusted I went for a walk. I, they drove all the way down the field. Oh, I saw And this. he goes to Jones, goes back for a, a short little five-yard pass into the end zone and just yeah. throw the ball away. There was no yep. place to throw it. Throw it away. No. He throws it right to the... Uh, interception, and I said, I mean, uh, you know, here we go again. You know, I mean, I would, you know, I, I, what makes it worse? He's a Duke guy. He actually has a legit degree. All right, so, <laughs> oh, man. All right, and then finally, the Battle of Pennsylvania, the moment we've all been waiting for. Eagles, Steelers, with fans at Heinz Field. King, I got the Steelers. Steelers and my thoughts and prayers are with Tunjokin, who uh, has been diagnosed with ALS. I did see that, yeah. Uh, Jerry Dulac, our good friend of the show, just tweeted that out. Yeah, thoughts and prayers definitely to Tunch. Uh, but I, I, I got Pittsburgh, too. I think it's going to be a closer game, like I said yesterday. I think the Eagles' defensive line, who leads the NFL in sacks with 17, is going to keep the Eagles in it. But I just think the Steelers' defensive line, defensive front is going to be too much. No Deshaun Jackson or Alshon again. The millionth if, time. If, if this were a night game, Carson Wentz would be spending all night counting stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I, they, I they can't. They that. they can't handle that Pittsburgh defensive front. They can't do it. All right. To college football now. A lot of good games this week. Let's start yeah. with the nightcap. Number seven, the U, and number one, Clemson. Steve. <laughs> Clemson. <laughs> let's let's just let's just hype the overrated team over and over and over and you can't will a team back to prominence i got clemson two by two scores king i'm all over the hurricanes i got miami okay now i will say this Derek king is a really good quarterback yep. he's very very good all right sec time hence the music here Number 14, Tennessee at number three, Georgia. Steve. Normally, I resist the here-they-come mentality, and I go with the tried-and-true team, which means I would pick Georgia. But you know what? I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to pick Tennessee to win the game. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to pick Tennessee to win it because I think Tennessee, number one, has won, what, nine games in a row? Eight games in a row? Nine in a row? Uh, And... I'm still not quite sold on the Georgia offense. Um, what the heck? I'll have some fun. I'll pick Tennessee. King? A bulldog would be to volunteer in a fight, so I took Georgia. No doubt. (laughs) I'm sticking with Georgia, too. Remember, the volunteer is armed. Uh oh. Now, now, Ken. But remember, Smokey the dog is Tennessee's mascot. Right. So, can Smokey the dog beat the bulldog? Ugga. What Smokey? What kind of dog? Well, it doesn't look as mean as Ugga. Okay. All right. I'm sticking with my. There was that great moment, it was at the Sugar Bowl, where Texas is playing Georgia, and the Longhorn Steer saw the dog and charged at it, and the dog took off. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm doing I'm doing a game at Texas, 1989. Okay, 1989 in Austin. And I said, I really I really feel awful. I said for Bebo the steer. I said it's it's standing in the back of the end zone. It has no idea why there's 90,000 people here. And not only that, I said they have astroturf. I said the poor sucker can't even graze. <laughs> He's confused. Why am I here? You wonder what goes through the animal's heads. <laughs> well, I'm my serious. favorite. I, I tell you, I live by Yukon. I want to be Jonathan the Husky. I want to be the mascot. I'm going to retire and apply for the job if they ever play sports again. So. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, All right, so rapid about- fire here. We got Florida and Texas A&M. Steve? Oh, Florida, because Texas A&M is coached by Jimbo. <laughs> yeah, I got Florida, too. I Dang. got Florida. Who would you take, Georgia? I took or... Georgia, yeah. You took Georgia? Okay. And then finally, we got Vatek at UNC. King? I got North Carolina. I watched them play this year. They're pretty good. All right, I'm UNC. going Vatek. UNC. Okay. I think UNC. I, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of UNC just yet. I'm going Vatek. Okay. That's fine. Make your own mistakes. Okay. Yeah. Says the person right. who picks the Giants. <laughs> Excuse me. I have standards. I know you took your team and flushed them down the drain the first chance you got. I'm real, man. That's all I go with. I, I'm just real. I'll give you my honest opinion. There you go. Okay. Loyalty be, loyalty be darn with you.